Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So right now, there is one and a half out of three people in this studio who are black, which for conservative talk radio is pretty good. I like to think this is closing argument. My name is Walter Hudson. Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 103.5 FM, com, and your iHeartRadio app. Two ways to stream the program. Our podcast feed, by the way, I'm going to have to start making this production note. It's going to have to become a regular part of the intro for a while until you guys get used to it. We're migrating all our podcast feeds here at iHeartRadio over to the Spreaker app. So if you've been wondering, where do the podcasts go? Well, it's because the new episodes are being updated over at Spreaker. you got to go through this whole new process. It's kind of a pain, I know, but once you get past the hump, Spreaker's got a lot of cool features. You're going to enjoy it. Spreaker.com and just search for Closing Argument. 9 to 11 weeknights is when we're on the air. Appreciate you tuning in. As always, we have in studio with us tonight... Maj Toure. That's the first time I've attempted to pronounce the last name. Absolutely that correct? correct. Perfect. Excellent. Excellent. You know, I, I got to admit, I had to go to YouTube and look it up and hear other people <laughs> say it and whatnot. And of course, Xavier Bickett rhymes with Wicket, the Ewok yep. from Return of the Jedi. That's how I'm going to remember that one. Remember your Jedi? Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's the chair of the Republican Liberty Caucus. Chair, right? Chair. Chair of the Republican Liberty Caucus. Man, them, that brings back some memories. I, I, know. Used to, I used to be the vice chair of that organization. So we're going to get into talking about all, all number of things this evening. Top of the list is uh, Maj's organization called, catch this, Black Guns Matter. Yep. So uh, let's, uh, let's just start right there. Black Guns Matter, how did that even happen? What does that mean? <laughs> Where are we going with this? Well, we're a firearm safety and training organization. Um, we deal with conflict resolution, de-escalation, the law, local law um, in whatever state. Um, we're currently on a 50-state tour where we go to urban areas and just inform people about those things. Very basic, um, but very impactful stuff. And, yeah, I like black guns, so <laughs> it fits. They matter. Sweet. Yeah. So let's talk about why they matter, though, because the the, the name is obviously provocative. It's evocative, of course, of Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. right? And so did, it, I, it, it occurs to me that it's likely that this organization came up in the wake of that. Mm-hmm. Is there a connection there? Yeah, there's a connection in that sense because, one, I, I'm i never going to try to pretend like the social conditions that existed, you know, for Black Lives Matter to exist aren't there. I think we're pretending if we act like that's not the case. However, I personally don't believe in, like, hands up, don't shoot. That's like a more of a surrender position. I will never surrender, ever. It's just not in my DNA. So, like, the whole hands-up thing and, like, nah. So, and if someone else doesn't think that my life matters, that's fine. They're welcome to think that. But my black firearm, my black gun will very quickly show you that my life does matter and you should go about your business if you're trying to attack or, you know, take my life. Because, I, again, I don't surrender, you know. We can go from defense to offense real quick. 
you know. So really, that's kind of like the thought process there. And to put people on more of a, hey, you have the right to defend your life. Your life doesn't only matter in a space where you got to, like, be a victim of whether someone decides to not take your life or not. You know, we're we're much more on offense than that. So that's kind of like the, the yin and yang of, you know, the naming of those two, you know, our two organizations. So when you talk about uh, being on the offense, that is provocative language unto itself. I've heard you say elsewhere, you had an interview with uh, Fox Business Network where the, the tagline that they chose to focus on for the headline was that an armed society is a polite society. Yep. And that was something that came from you. Can you expound upon that? Well, it's, it's actually a Second Amendment aphorism that has been floating around for a long time. An armed society is a bunch of people that you know that, hey, I'm armed, I'm responsible, I will protect my life. And the other person that knows that becomes very polite. It's no different than in the street. It's like... It's hard to find somebody that you know got a gun if you got beef with them. Oh, because it's not going to just be boxing. You right. know, box these bullets. You know, right. so arms of society is very polite. As Even in, on a bigger scale, states that have a lot of respect for firearms and, and, and our constitutional and human rights, they have very low, you know, violence in relation to firearms as far as crimes go. Because everybody knows, hey, if, you run in, if you're in Arizona, if you break into somebody's house, it might be an AR waiting for you. You know, so it's, I'm going to be polite and not rob this house. It's a deterrent. You know, so that's what we mean by an armed society is a polite society. What kind of, of a relationship or, or a stance, I guess, is another way to put it, do you have with, say, an organization like the NRA? Do, do they recognize you as and your organization, to be more specific, as a, a friendly group? Is it an adversarial relationship? Are you in league in some way? No. I'm, well, two things. One, I'm a member of the NRA. Okay. Um, I think the NRA is the largest and most powerful Second Amendment advocacy and civil rights group in the world. And they've already proven their commitment to the Second Amendment. It's all I need them for. I need them to fight the uh, political because there's other, you know, large organizations that are not pro-gun. I don't need the NRA to fight a battle for me. You know, that's why we created Black Guns Matter. I need the NRA to fight the Godzillas and, uh, you know, on, right. and the Mothras on that level. Um, the level that, you know, I'm at, I, I can rumble those guys really quick and really hard. You know, so pause. So with that being the case, it's 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 a uh, it's not an adversarial relationship at all. They do things that I disagree with, just like other organizations do. But I think it's very important for us to recognize that a lot of anti-gun people will start attacking the NRA. But these people that are now attacking the NRA for something that they think that the NRA should do. One, you're not a member of the NRA. Two, um, outside of you not being a member, you aren't pro-gun. So you're not actually for the constitutional right of, you know, people to have it. You're just using this as your ticket to try to knock over the big homie, you know. So with that being the case, it's like I, I get it. I see the, I see the chess move. I'm not going to fall for it, you know. But, um, no, we are not paid by the NRA. I do not receive a check from the NRA. I mean, if they want to give me a check, that's, that'll be awesome. It'll be heavy, hopefully, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But, um, no, we're we're completely our own separate organization. Um, there's no adversary for somebody w that you're working in league with to, you know, secure human right to self-defense. 651-989-5855, the number to join us if you have a question for Maj Toure, the founder of Black Guns Matter, or Xavier Bickett, 
our chair of the Republican Liberty Caucus, who's also in. Talk to us a little bit, Xavier, about how the two, how is it that the two of you are in this room at the same time? Is it just a coincidence? Did I find you wandering in the hallway? You know, I just I said, hey, I like your shirt. <laughs> so I reached out to Maj uh, and Black Owns Matter back in February, actually. I watched some of Maj's videos, and I really was digging what he was saying because it was about your rights don't come from government, your rights come from your creator, and that some governments have been brainwashing urban communities to say guns are bad, guns are bad, guns are bad, while Maj is talking to the urban communities about, no, this is your right, which I believe in, you believe in. Right. You know, and so I'm like, man, I like this, I like this, and I'm like, I can't, I'm not going to be able to go into the urban community like Maj does and say, no, this is your Second Amendment right, you should be able to defend yourself, here's a safety, like, boy, white boy, what do you know, get out of here, Republican, get out of here. No, but if I partner with Maj and we go in there together... And it's like, yeah, no, Xavier's believing with what you believe in. You guys should team up and work as a community. That's just a better approach. So I reached out to Maj back in February after watching his videos. And, I, you know, for a while, I'm like, oh, my God, i got to watch all these different videos. Where are the red flags? What do I got to be worried about? If I'm bringing him under the RLC flag, I want to make sure that I'm protecting my organization, too. So I spent hours digging through stuff. And I'm like, all right, Maj is good. I like what he's doing. And I was like, I just kept getting more impressed, more impressed, more impressed. Um, pitch it to the RLC. Let's bring him out here. Um, you know, of course, hey, I want to bring Black Guns Matter out to Minnesota. And they're like, oh, well, what is that? You know, right. people are worried yeah. about that, right? Yeah. But, you know, my board trusts me. We, we bring them out. We, we make a donation. Hey, we want to fund you to come out here. Uh, Maj comes out. And um, we've been working on this for a while. So it's not even just about the Flando Castile verdict. You know, we've already been planning this June event. Right. Two weeks. We had booked, we had booked it in the beginning of June. Yeah. And when it came out, I'm like, this this shows how important this class is. Right. This de-escalation, this training, this the state firearm um, carry laws in our state of Minnesota, and the emotions are high. People are on wit's end. They're they're upset. They're angry. And I'm like this. And I was like, Maj, man, if you come out here, emotions are gonna be crazy. He's like, this is why this is so important. Right. Yeah. So let's get you out here. We got it set up, and you know we're up. We're walking down the streets, talking to people on the streets. Come out to this, and they're like, thank you for doing this. We really appreciate this. You know, um, and it's just. We've just been bonding. We've been hanging out all day yesterday, today. We've been hanging out all weekend, reaching out to the community, get them to come to this event. You know, we we had booked for 60 people. It's already over. So we we expanded the space. So we've we've danced around the fact that there's something going on. Let's get into the specifics. What specifically is Maj out here to do right now? Maj out here is to talk to the community about their Second Amendment rights, firearm safety, and de-escalation strategies and um, state-specific laws. When, to bring where? The, this is going to be on Monday, uh, June 26, from 6 to 8.30 at the Hotel Minneapolis, uh, 215 4th Street, South Minneapolis. And, um, you know, for Maj, I talked to Maj, you know, the reason why, other, other reasons, I want the Republican Party has been slacking on reaching out to urban community, you know, and... I think the RLC has a has the avenue to reach out to them because I think liberty brings people together. Uh, you know, remember when the RLC was pushing for felons being able to vote again? Yes. You know, remember yeah. that. And I, was, I was part of that. Yeah, I, that's so. what I'm saying. And so that was an issue, criminal justice. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Reform, drug law reform, all these things where we should be reaching out to these communities that are on the same page as us. But when they see Republican 
oh, I don't know if I want to listen to them. Yeah. You know, but if I'm going in with Maj and we're talking to the community and Maj is like, no, he's cool. Listen to him. He's, you know, you're on the same page. That all of a sudden that barrier breaks down. All right, Xavier, I'm going to you come out again just by you, you know, just yourself and we'll listen to you. And it's and I think it's been working so far. It has been. I think that in any situation where there's a community that has been exploited and the urban demographic has been, there needs to be there's legitimate skepticism. It's not like, oh, we're just skeptical of just oxygen because right. we don't yeah. really trust oxygen. No, it's, yo, this demographic we have been taken advantage of, you know. So there's a certain level of skepticism, especially when, while we're being taken advantage of presently by people that kind of we thought we should be able to trust. So it's really kind of like um, there needs to be, I'm a leader for my community. I'm fully aware of that. I'm not going to lead my uh, community into people's hands or organizations' hands that do not have the interest of the community. Um, but when I'm co-signing and I'm putting my name on it, you can take it straight to the bank. It's good. That's just what it is. That's the power of what we have. Now, uh, there may be trainers, law enforcement officers, uh, instructors, rangers that I'm like, yeah, these guys are the real deal. And some of them may not be black, and they don't have to be black. And that's the other thing. We tend to turn into in, into a race thing because it says black in the title of our organization. It's called right. Black Guns Matter. Not black people only and no one else but black people ever on earth. And don't you come here if you don't have a certain level of melanin content. That's not the name of the group. you know. So um, I think it's working very well because... Um, when you have a segue and then people give you a little bit of room, sometimes people, you know, from outside of our conditioning box, they just need an opportunity to be heard because the medicine that they have is really good. And so if I can assist in that, I'm there for it. So one thing I like about what Maj is doing when we've been out so far, um, we went to uh, uh, Minneapolis Urban League. So this is just a funny example because we met a gentleman by the name of Big Mike yesterday. So we walk in. I go in. Maj is lingering in the background. I walk up. Hey, my name is Xavier from the Republican Liberty Caucus. Talking about this event, Black Guns Matter. And we start talking. So, you know, I say, introduce Maj. And he's like, hey, Maj, what's up, man? My name is Big Mike. And then he turns to me, hi, my name is Michael. You know, like, and, <laughs> and then today we go out and meet with him again. And he's like, oh, I told him, like, we talked about you on the radio about that barrier. That, that was a yeah, barrier, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't no, no harm, no foul. Yeah. But that, like, that is a barrier. And so we broke that down right away. And he laughed about it. You know, it was yeah. it was funny. But then he's like, I want to help you. We were we were going up and down Broadway talking to people, handing out flyers like we're going to bring you to the hood. We're going to go talk to people. And, and we did. And it was awesome. And we're going to do it again. But, not, you know, this one issue is just timely right now. Right. But now I'll be able to go back and talk to him about drug reform, mm-hmm. criminal justice reform. Sure. And that that is really just opening up the doorway for us sure. to for the Liberty Caucus, because I, I, you know, is the Republican Party going to do that? Right. I think that's going to be on the RLC. Yeah, I saw in, in when I was doing my limited amount of research for the show tonight, I was watching a YouTube video with you and it, Maj. And uh, at one point, I think it was the Fox Business Network video. He asked you a question. It was one of these leading questions where he basically gives you the entire premise and then asks you a yes or a mm-hmm. no. And he gets to the end of it and you're like, yeah. Right, and then you caught yourself with like, yes, right, right. <laughs> I'm I like, thought, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Yep. That was that was Varney and Co. Okay, yeah, I remember that, and it's, it's and I do that too because one, I genu- I genuinely talk the way that I talk normally, you know what I mean, and so as I'm I'm gonna hit you with Yanamines and all of those different things because I'm a diverse person. Um, I think that that's a part of bridging that gap of slang does not mean lack of intelligence, right. 
Right. You know what I mean? And articulate nature does not mean sellout. It right. just means I, I'm able to exist in multiple worlds. And all of these things are just labels and language, you know. So I think that, you know, that's another form of normalizing it. When you see, you know, somebody like me from the, my demographic, you know, and I'm I'm a Republican. And then people go, you're not no Republican. Why can't I not be? You know what I'm saying? So it's like the perception of things, the information should change. That doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, my core principles automatically shift on every single topic, you know? So, I mean, that's part, that's another part of the normalization process of accepting that people are well-rounded and multifaceted, you know what I mean? And it does not have to mean because you are, you're, you're pandering just because, you know, Xavier come through, he's like, yo, this actually matters. And I believe it, but I also see that this demographic is like almost kidnapped by an ideology that actually may not be in their best interest. I have something that is of value, but I kind of got to get past this barrier. That's a great place to leave it for the break. 651-989-5855, the number to join us. Line up your questions for Amaj Toure and Xavier Bickett. My name is Walter Hudson. Closing argument, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 103.5 FM, com. FM. This is Closing Argument. My name is Walter Hudson, 651-989-5855, the number to join us. If you have a question for Maj Toure, who is the founder of Black Guns Matter, Black Guns Matter, an advocacy organization. Actually, you know, let let me ask that question. Before I do, let me also introduce our other in-studio guest, Xavier Bickett, who is the chair of the Republican Liberty Caucus, an organization that's near and dear to my heart. I used to serve on that organization as well. Uh, but the what's the actual nature, like organizational structure of is a five one c three, five one c four, just loose association? We actually have both. Um, okay. I have we're, we have LLC and we have a, our nonprofit. You know what I mean? So whichever angle that you know, <laughs> whichever angle you need it from, You're ready to go. I got you. You gotcha. know what I mean? All right. <laughs> So there are a number of things from just listening to your introduction of who you are and what you're about, what the organization's about and what have you, and, and your the event that you have upcoming uh, here on Monday. And give us those details again, Zay. So, yeah, the Black Guns Matter event will be in Minneapolis. It's a free firearm safety and training event. Um, we'll do firearm safety, Minnesota gun rights and laws specific to our state, uh, Second Amendment Q&A, a lot of networking. That's going to be on June 26th from 6 to 8.30 p.m. at the Hotel Minneapolis on 215 4th Street South. And one thing I do like about this event I want to talk about um, with one thing I've just been listening to Maj as we've been hanging out, you know, these past few days talking to the community. One thing I like his approach is it's not like this needs to keep going because I'm here. Like once he comes in, he helps build and foster this community and this network. He, it's not going to just go away once he leaves. And that's one thing I really appreciate about what Maj has been doing. He's like, I'm going to introduce you to these lawyers who can help with these, these gun, if you get a cases on these gun rights or um, these firearm safety trainings stay connected with each other so that you guys can keep doing this, keep having this conversation. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I really appreciate about what he's trying to develop and foster in Mm -hmm. in Minnesota and Minneapolis. Yeah, because you can't, if if somebody just is waiting on somebody else to come to their town all of the time, Right. I mean, I'm on, we're on a 50 state tour. Like you, I might not get back to you for a while. Right. More impactful is to create individual cells where the communities are able. That's, that's actually assisting in developing good citizenship, citizenry. 
You know, so it, it, it's, it's selfish, really, on a lot of levels to just be like, well, just wait till we come back. Like, no, like there's actual work to be done. Like you need to be leaning on these local politicians and handling legislative issues and judicial issues and all of those different things. And you need to just be informing yourself just about the, you know, politics in general. And the, yeah, we'll get to the gun part. That's cool. But there's they're symbiotic. You know, you can't just I know guys didn't have all of the guns. But it's like, dude, do you even know who your city council person is? Right. Nah, but I got an AR. Oh, that's cute. But that means right. those guys are probably going to come take your AR in a little right, bit. Right, you know? right, No, the importance of engagement cannot be overstated. Right. So so listening to, and, and unfortunately this is a short segment, so we'll kind of tease it a little bit and then we'll come back and, and expound upon it. There are a number of questions or areas of inquiry that come to mind as I listen to to your story and your position one of them is we already addressed kind of the the how you're perceived by the NRA, which is, of course, the big, quote unquote, conservative. I don't know if they would identify themselves as conservative, but they're generally perceived as conservative gun rights organization. So let's contrast that. On the other side, you have organizations like and I just heard of this one, the Huey P. Newton Gun Club. I'm sure they're on your radar. Yeah, I'm familiar how, with those guys. How, how they're do out you, of Texas? How do you? relate to them or or is there any relationship there or are there comparisons and contrasts yeah i think that the approach there's there's certain things that i think are extremely non-just justified or un, unjustified about the way that policies politics and you know the law is enacted across america the difference between me and an organization like that is i'm not that i'm not i'm not speaking for them but they can be perceived as separatists Mm -hmm. I'm not a separatist in any way, shape, or form. I'm not anti-law enforcement. I'm uh, anti-corrupt portions of law enforcement. I think most people are or would identify with that. Right. I think uh, when organizations don't deal with healing and conflict resolution and de-escalation and the law, I understand the reason for feeling like why they shouldn't, Mm -hmm. you know. But at the same time, to me, that's that's a less uh, productive strategy. So with a lot of those guys, I understand they're they're frustrated and they have every right to be so. So I stand in solidarity with them on certain levels, but other areas we we differ strategically. You know, I'm a different type of tactician, and I don't think that um, I I just I just don't think that separation is is the the key per se. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, you a separation and isolation is dangerous to me. You know, you need allies on every front. And when, if you're moving from a more just, uh, justice-based position, you know, you definitely gain more allies, you know, and you'll need those allies in, in, in different scenarios. So um, that would be one of the differences. But I, in no way, shape, or form am I saying that the, the social conditions that a lot of those, like the Huey P. Newton Gun Club, right. to pretend like those social conditions don't, don't exist to make somebody that upset, you, you lying to yourself or trying to lie to me, you know? When we come back... 
I, I want to get into addressing some of those social conditions and, and kind of breaking down, you know, what are the blind spots that per, perhaps, you know, j- just to be blunt about it, this audience might have mm-hmm. about what's going on in, in the urban community and the black community and how that informs the work that you're doing right. and how it informs the, the perspectives that we may find to be a little bit more provocative or offensive coming from an organization like QEP Newton. 651-989-5855, the number to join us. Closing argument, my name is Walter Hudson. In studio guests, Maj Toure and Xavier Bickett, the latter from the Republican Liberty Caucus, the former from Black Guns Matter. Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 103.5 FM, Black Guns Matter. That's the name of an organization founded by Maj Toure. He is with us in studio tonight along with Xavier Bickett, the chair of the Republican Liberty Caucus. My name is Walter Hudson. You're listening to Closing Argument on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 103.5 FM. You can also catch us streaming at TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com, your iHeartRadio app. And, of course, uh, if you want to catch the podcast feed, we've uh, just migrated that over to Spreaker. You can download the Spreaker app or go to Spreaker.com for the podcasts of the program. We're here 9 to 11 weeknights. Appreciate you joining us. 651-989-5855, the number if you have questions or comments on what you're hearing tonight. So we've spent a lot of time talking about what Black Guns Matter is all about, how it relates to other gun advocacy organizations, both on the right and the left. What I want to steer us towards now is, is taking a look at the kind of the underlying issues, the the social circumstances that have given birth to organizations like Black Lives Matter and that have facilitated a a number of complaints, issues, however you want to phrase it, that also inform the work that you're doing with Black Guns Matter. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when when we go through, and, and let's preface it with this. I am not a friend of Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. In in this state, I'm probably, if they have a a top 10 list of people they don't like, I'm probably on it. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is is not because I feel as though everything they say or every complaint they have is illegitimate in in point of fact. And and there are a number of things. when They put out a website, I forget exactly what the name of it was, Campaign Zero or something along those lines, that had a number of policy prescriptions and maybe six out of 10 of them. I thought were totally legitimate and worth pursuing and worth having a a meaningful public policy deliberation about. But there's this gap between getting to the point where we can actually have that conversation and where we're at now. And what creates that gulf is the strategic stuff you were talking about before with the Huey P. Newton gun club in terms of, you know, making it militant, making it adversarial, uh, focusing on acts of civil disobedience and whatnot. So, you know, putting all of that stuff aside, all the strategic stuff, let's get down to the root causes here. Why do – what kind of circumstances are are the black community facing, in your view, that necessitate taking a look at their Second Amendment rights? Racism, bigotry, biased nature becoming systemic to a point where even if it's clear, they it's very um, – it's hidden. It's very covert and it's very um, – in a sense where – uh, it's very difficult to even prove that. Okay, for a perfect example, uh, racism used to be very overt. It used to be, you cannot come in here. This is not for you. This is your side of town. This is our side of town. When you do things now, it's, it's, it's become much more sophisticated. Now, the the feeling or the remnants or the, the, the vibes that, for whatever 
spooky term you want to use for it, are very clear to people that are, uh, you know, victims of it or people that try to victimize people, you know, using those tactics. It's very clear. But try proving that in the court of law. It's like saying how how could you say that that ex-officer that murdered Philando Castile, how could you prove intent of racism? I wouldn't because in that scenario, I would just call it tyranny and a, a, a choice that cost somebody their life, regardless of what was in his head. I think that after, after a certain point, it's so systemic and it's so conditioned that you respond off of these knee-jerk reactions based off of that conditioning. The people that could potentially be victimized or have been victimized by it can explain very thoroughly, you know. So uh, in a space where, uh, let's say, you know, the Clinton administration start booming for prisons and then you start severely penalizing people in urban environments. And you can use the word urban, but that's targeted at people of color for the most part. You know, draconian drug laws, you know, three strikes. I mean, they almost tried to get it to a two strikes and you're out type of situation. Right. right. You know what I mean? So these things happen. And if it's targeted at a certain point, the only thing missing is overtly somebody saying, which they will never do unless they get caught on audio somewhere accidentally, unless they outright said, we don't like black people. We don't like Asian people. We don't like Spanish people or we don't like white people. Nobody's generally that stupid. You know, so when you're dealing with the ramifications of that, when you're dealing with, you know, a small section of, you know, the overall American population making up for a large part of the prison population, and then you think that's not racist because they're not outright saying it, you know, then that's the thing that that demographic feels. And then when you have scenarios like every summer, it seems like back to back to back to back to back to back homicides of, you know, um, uh, African-American males it's starting to look like that. So when it's looking like that, and if you just can't explain it because you may not have all of the dots or connected the dots or crossed the T's or dotted the I's, it starts to feel like somebody's trying to play your intelligence. It's like if a young lady knows that you're doing something different than your habit is, and she'll say, okay, you're trying to play me, and you, you're trying to make it seem like, oh, this is just in your head. You're crazy. She's not crazy. She has woman's intuition. Mm-hmm. And your habits are changing, and she knows your every move. You know, so it's very similar in that regard. Now, you can play that for as long as you play, oh, you're crazy, until you get caught. Mm-hmm. Now then when you have to endure, endure her wrath, because for the last however long you've been trying to make me feel crazy. Right, right. Now, that's when you have the bubbling of anger in the form of an organization that is now doing civil disobedience, even because I'm not opposed to civil disobedience. Sure, neither am I, when it's actual when it's, civil disobedience. Right, when, it's, when, when it bubbles up to something that is frustrating... And it's like, now we're going to be, okay, you're killing people from my demographic. Right, right, right. And with no penalties. So with that being the case, or at least seemingly no penalties, right, then the media doesn't highlight the white guys that are murdered by law enforcement, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent. Mm -hmm. That's not highlighted. And the sensationalized, but the media has no accountability for that part of it. Mm -hmm. But you watch the television and you see this over and over and uh, and again, and you start to look at as if... Your your expression of this is a problem. Now you're told to just be quiet about it, and then that keeps bubbling up. So the so those are some of the social conditions, you know, that create the space for uh, you know organizations or people, American citizens, regardless of if they identify with an organization or not, you know, to say this is enough. I think there there are so many things that come to mind as I listen to you talk that it's it's almost overwhelming to try to pick one direction mm-hmm. to take. 
but I'm going to, I'm going to go with this. And that is, you know, I think what you guys are trying to do. And again, we have in studio Maj Toure, who's the founder of black guns matter and Xavier Bickett, who is the current chair of the Republican Liberty caucus. And they're working together on an event that's going to take place on Monday. And we'll throw out those details momentarily. Uh, the, the object of which is to try to try to facilitate awareness of second amendment rights and, and provide gun training and what have you. What you guys are doing is, it obviously is unconventional. Mm-hmm. The, the, the very existence of your organization is unconventional mm-hmm. and provocative. The the very existence of your organization, Xavier, is unconventional and provocative. And working together, it's not expected. It doesn't fit into any of the dominant mainstream narratives. Mm-hmm. And just by virtue of the fact that you're doing it, it overturns the the narrative table yep. and forces people to think past their, their canned, you know, molded responses. Yep. And that's deeply important for the for the very reasons that you just articulated, because Mm. here's the thing. You know, I had a very presumably I mean, we haven't talked at length about our backgrounds, but I got to assume that you and I have had very different backgrounds in terms of the way I grew up versus the way you grew up only because my perception of the the conditions that you're talking about is something that I I came to awareness of in adulthood in, in a similar way that I think white people do generally, right. generally right. speaking, because I grew up in predominantly white communities and, and had an experience that, you know, certainly I was aware of being different and aware of race, but my, the culture in which I right. grew up in was one that had, w- was allowed to, you, in other words, what I'm trying to get to here is that I think if you want to speak broadly and I hate doing this because it's counterproductive, but if you want to speak broadly in terms of the white community versus the black community, I think inertia has taken us in two different directions Mm -hmm. of awareness in the aftermath of the civil rights era where white folks, for lack of a better term, have been able to proceed with the sense of great. We solved it. You know, it's all done. We don't have to worry about it anymore. The problem solved. And for generally speaking, the black community is like, no, there's still profound, as you detail them, issues that are now beneath the surface. You right. just papered over it. Right. And we still need to deal with these Here's things. Here's the beauty of it. It wasn't inertia. It was intention. It was people that said, you know, the same people. This has been happening for, you know, since American, like, since the Bacon Rebellion. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, we are the people that own the land that have you guys, you poorer whites are farming and the poor blacks are farming, we want to use you, poorer whites, than us as the middle class. So we'll treat you better and give you different incentives to keep you like a protective buffer against, you know, these people of color. This is not new. They just figure out different ways to, A, make people forget about it, and B, recycle the story in a manner that it's like, oh, well, no, they're just crazy over there in the ghetto. But this is, and at the same time, that same hierarchy is saying to the black people you know those white people for the nra they don't really care about you right separate divide and conquer at its finest is the most powerful ploy of all time and especially when on media again you keep showing you know you're getting shot you're getting shot you're getting shot and then you got the the middle class people going well i mean he wouldn't get shot if it was and it's like damn you don't even identify with the pain that we're dealing with so now it's more of a separation I'm just aware of what war is, and this is a psychological warfare. So because I understand that, there's nothing that TV's going to do that's going to stop me from working with a white guy that is actually trying to be about the work. Because I see 
I know what the I know who the Geppetto is. <laughs> right. And I'm never going to be th- the puppet. Sure. On any level. Sure. That's what makes our organization impactful. That's very encouraging. When we come back, I want to move us towards talking about the kinds of things that that can unify us, the kinds of things that we can aim at and focus on in this this unconventional, unapproved, unauthorized conversation that's taking place across conventional boundaries. Maj Toure and Xavier Bickett in studio with us. My name is Walter Hudson, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 103.5 FM, com. An absolutely fascinating conversation this Friday evening with Maj Toure of Black Guns Matter and Xavier Bickett of the Republican Liberty Caucus. My name is Walter Hudson, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 103.5 FM. Closing argument, the name of the program. Appreciate you joining us. You can give us a call, 651-989-5855 with your questions and or comments and or, I don't know, memes or or uh, tweets or whatever. You get sent memes? I I actually do not want to encourage this. Okay, okay, don't do that. I'm going to back that up. (laughs) I'm going to back that up right now. All right, so what I want to go to here in in this segment, and it sounds like you guys might be sticking around for the next hour too, which, of course, you're welcome to do. Um, So maybe we'll have more time to expound upon this in a a deeper fashion, which, of course, it's kind of a bottomless well. But I want to try to get to what are the things that we can unify around. And by we, I mean... American society, because as you point out, Maj, there's this division that's taken place for political purpose, for, mm-hmm. for, for the purposes of maintaining structures of power. Uh, when you can divide people, it's easier to conquer them. It's easier to control them. It's easier to deflect frustration mm-hmm. towards the innocent and towards others and rather than focusing on so that people don't gang up against the guys who are in charge. And so, you know, what are some of these things that we can unite around? And I'm going to suggest a few just based upon what I've heard you say over the course of the past hour. Uh, Things that occurred to me are, number one, with Black Guns Matter, the right to life, Mm -hmm. the right to live, the fundamental right to your own existence. and, And tangential to that and emerging from that, the ability to govern your own life, mm-hmm. to, be, to be in ownership of your own life. I know I'm talking Xavier's oh, language. the same language. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it seems to me that that's absolutely core to what you're trying to do with Black Guns Matter. Absolutely. It's, that's, well, the short answer is yes. That definitely is one of the areas that we can all unify around. I mean, I don't care, I don't care if you are a racist. You have a fundamental understanding of I, I kind of want to be around to do whatever I believe in. You know, that's one. The second thing is just, you know, using firearms or at least potentially having access to firearms to defend that life should the need arise. The other thing that I think that uh, we can all unify around is the fact that we're all getting played. Nobody likes being played. When you, I don't care what your background is. If you see, if, if someone can show you, yo, like, you know, like they've been taking all of the extra money out of our checks. And everybody goes like, wait, what? Like, wait, wait, what? What do you mean? And then so seeing how we've all been played and manipulated on so many levels, you know, that is definitely that everybody can get down with and go, Mm -hmm. well, who's been taking the money and where's the money? And let's find them. You know what I mean? Let's find them immediately. (laughs) So when you see when you see how much you've been played and how the wool's been pulled over your eyes so much. Right. 
you are it's it's almost like you said a bottomless well of just people going oh man this rabbit hole goes really really far mm-hmm. and we gotta we gotta like mine deep you know yeah. so that's that's a certain form of tragedy that's like an emotional tragedy that you you didn't even see it coming and everybody can get behind getting in form to to stop that first and then you know reverse it so those are some of the key areas one thing that I um, that Maj has mentioned throughout the day today, even just out in the community, you talked a lot about tyranny, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm obviously imbibing that. I know Walter, you're on the same page, and I think that's something people don't like seeing abuse of power right. at all. You know, being the Liberty Caucus, the Libertarian wing of the Republican Party, a lot of these issues, like I said before, liberty brings people together. People wanting to live free, you you. You group with those people because, like, yeah, let's live free. We're not going to step on each other's toes. Now, obviously, when you have 86,000 people living in a city, sometimes the people are going to be upset your grass is too long. Mm-hmm. You know, I get that. But th- I think that is one big thing. When you mentioned t- today talking about tyranny, I think people can rally against fighting that back. Right. Well, that We are definitely in a tyrannical situation. I mean, it's like I saw a meme. You know, I brought memes. I saw a meme where it was, like, uh, the picture of, like, George Washington, the painting with his hands like like this. And the top said, you know, George Washington addresses today's Congress. And the little air bubble with the words in it is like, WTF! (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And it's like, this is a far cry from what, you know, when those guys threw down the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Right. We are so far from that. Oh, yeah. But we don't get it because it's it's happened slowly over attrition. Right. You know, over time, you know. And so it's like, we're so far away from that. Like, I don't know one person that knows firearms ownership outside of the national firearms act i don't know one person like none of us has a person that could just legally with no extra paperwork just go get whatever you know firearm they wanted without the extra 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 steps in the tax stamp and it's like this is theft Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so it's like the beauty of it, that's why, I'm again, we were talking about, you know, that uh, uh, civil disobedience. And sometimes the disobedience might not be civil because the founding fathers that were here was like, yo, this situation that we're in is not cool. That was uncivil. Right. <laughs> it was uncivil what you're doing. So, we, you know, they slickly make you feel like that you want to fight back, that somehow you're you're not as, as, as legitimate in the position when you're an American citizen that has a human right to exist on this land without being violated, my personal space, my personal property, my physical well-being. And we have countless examples of all of those things being violated damn near daily now. If I can talk about one other thing about being rallied around, I think this uh, the verdict for the Flano Castile situation, you would think that people could rally around something's got to change. Right. Let's talk about that when we come back, because like I say, this has been a topic on the show, as our listeners are well aware, all week long. Mm -hmm. And and I've taken a position that I anticipate might be at odds with both of you guys. And I think we should, we have a great opportunity here to kind of flesh that out and see, you know, why it is that there's this disparity in, in how that is approached before we are, are out here. We got about one minute. Can you, Give the details one more time on the event that took Yeah, so thank it. you. Uh, so the event that um, we're promoting that we've been in a, going out into the community for is for Monday um, in Minneapolis, the Free Firearm Safety and Training, um, Gun Rights and Law, specifically for our state, June 26th from 6 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. at the Hotel Minneapolis, 215 4th Street South. 
Sounds like a great opportunity to get out and learn about your Second Amendment rights to get some training and meet Maj Toure of Black Guns Matter, Xavier Bicot. I, there I go, mispronouncing it again. Bicot <laughs> of Republican Liberty Caucus. My name is Walter Hudson. We're going to come back talk about Philando Castile, Geronimo Yanez, how the, the relationship between the police and the community is strained in this particular moment. And uh, it should be fun. It should be a good time. 651-989-5855 if you want to join that conversation. Closing argument, my name is Walter Hudson. Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 103.5 FM, com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.